Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We're jumping in to the book of the First Thessalonians chapter 3 today, and we'll just go through the verses. It's not many, only about 13 verses, and just kind of share what lifts and what sticks out, what stands out in the scripture today. Sounds good. Kick it off. Clark. Okay, first couple of verses. So, when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. So we sent Timothy, who is our brother and our co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. I think the thing that stands out to me so much in this passage is that it cost Paul dearly uh, to send Timothy. Oftentimes when Jesus would send the disciples out, he sent them out two by two. You're never alone. There's accountability. You were there as a team able to remind one another, like, hey, here's what we were taught. Here's what we're learning. Here's what we got to do. When you were discouraged, there was someone there to encourage you. And so for Paul to be left alone, it, it cost him a lot. And I think of Jesus' words saying, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And so clearly Paul thought it'd be more advantageous to send Timothy to these other folks Right. Um, you know, in Thessalonica than it would be for him to stay with Paul at that time. Mm-hmm. And so it, it comes at a price. And so I've been privileged enough to be around a number of godly Christians that walk the walk and talk the talk, whether it's like within like the church, like a, an organized church, like, you know, we're at Emmanuel Reformed Church or uh, Christ Presbyterian or whatever church you go to. There are people in your church that um, do things for the good of the body of Christ that nobody knows about. I've seen people taking pay cuts. I've seen people giving, yeah. um, you know, I kind of transitioning like some of the, their salary over to other folks so that other people can be hired. I've seen people be fired because it's for the good of the church. Like it's a hard decision, but it's the right thing to do for the body of Christ because it's toxic. And so it's putting the Lord and the church ahead of yourself and doing things that you might not want to do, um, but it's best. Mm-hmm. And so I just think of Paul being just a real leader here and saying, okay, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to send you my partner uh, so he can bless you and help you. And I'll write it out alone. That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal because of who Timothy was, but also it, these people in Thessalonica had to, I feel like he just continues, Paul continues to use like familial language with them also. I mean, even at the end of chapter two, where he's saying like, it's, it's, it's you for you are our joy and our glory or for, yes, you're our joy, glory and joy. And so I, I think this is actually a really fun picture in my mind about the church becoming the church actually, like like global church. So it's not just like people who are um, in your community. It's not just people who you see often. It's actually people who are all over the place, who are all professing Jesus as Lord. And so it's just, it's interesting how just kind of the inner workings of it, that Paul obviously has just a deep love for the people of Thessalonica. I'm hearing some whispers in the back. And he obviously has a deep love for Timothy, too. Um, And so, yeah, not an easy decision, but you can see that it was for the good of the church, like Clark said. Um, It it continues with just kind of like hard things, maybe to understand or hard things to hear. In verse 3, it sounds like this. 
um, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. And so that's just kind of an interesting tone. I think in the ESV, it sounds like this, that no one be moved by these afflictions for you yourself know that we are destined for this. And so it's, it's kind of like, hey, we're sending you in and it's not going to be easy. And so if you take a step back and just imagine some kind of like company or team that's casting a vision for what's to come. And it's, you know, usually that kind of vision is like, we're going to work hard and we're going to, we're going to get there. You know, we've got, we've got these big goals in mind. We've got, we're going places, you know, like it's all, it's all kind of like, um, I mean, it's, it's positive, but it's also, it's also kind of like a, you know, you can do it, pick your bootstraps up. Like we're, we're going to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And right here, it's just not that at all. It's, it's like, Hey, um, remember, don't be unsettled by the trial. You know that there's going to be trials. We're destined. And it's actually, it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be super painful. Hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like, even if we look at who we're following, like number one, Jesus, like look at that. And then we're going to yeah. know for sure this is going to be difficult. For sure. This know? has actually changed the way I explain Christianity to people who are considering it. If you're a mm -hmm. fly on the wall listening to the conversation I'm having with somebody, I think Pastor Ken's doing this as well. A number of our leaders are just trying to be brutally honest up front and like not put uh, your best foot forward, but not be honest about the other stuff that might cause a little tension in the moment. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, he said, deny yourself. There are things that come naturally to you that the Lord's going to say, this is not beneficial for you or anybody else. You got to stop doing that. And it's going to be hard. And there are going to be times you stumble and you mess up. And there's the gift of repentance. And there's corporate worship, like continual worship on Sundays. Mm -hmm. We're to prioritize this over my kid's soccer game and over vacationing all the time. This is going to be a priority. Like, are you willing to lay down your uh, desires and pleasures? And are you willing to submit these to the Lord? And again, if you're on the fly on the wall, you're hearing this. It's like, man, they're being brutally honest about what, the, what this cost. Because Jesus was, when he talked to the disciples, saying, you know, whoever wants to, to gain their life is going to lose it. And whoever wants to lose their life for me will gain it. Whoever's going to be first, they're going to end up being last. But if you're last, then you'll be first. These kind of things, they, they sound like, um, we've talked about this in Bible study, maybe Sunday school. But when you think about the practical examples of your life, of you having to put somebody ahead of yourself, it is unnatural most often, and it's really hard. And it is so worth it because that is how life is supposed to be lived. I have to laugh right now, though, because I think, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to minimize where we're at as a culture, but right now, like even what you're, so you're kind of parsing out how like someone might think that like, wow, this is really difficult because I don't get what I want. That's mm. not what's going on here. Like that is difficult. You're right. And that often is like one of the biggest things because, you know, in America, we're number one. We need to worship our identity and our experiences and our feelings. So we're number one. Lord, forgive us and help us. Holy Spirit, empower us. Here, Timothy, like these folks are dying. These people are experiencing like they're poor. They're trying to give each other their money because they have no means to eat. They're trying like this is. I understand social exclusion. I understand. I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm also saying let's help this text broaden the context a little bit in our hearts and in our minds so we can understand 
I think that it's worth it. You know, yeah, absolutely, like, it's worth it. These people are saying that it is, and it is is going to be difficult, and that might difficult can mean something different to you and me and mm-hmm. to Paul and to Timothy. Uh, but verse four even says like, uh, you, you know, it's kind of like, and I told you so, you knew it was coming. In fact, when you were, when we were with you, we kept telling you that, that we would be persecuted and it turned out that way <laughs> as you well know. And so again, whatever that looks like, just expect it. Mm-hmm. Jesus told us, Jesus lived it. Now the new church is telling us and living it. Yeah. It's like, oh dear. And going back to the words of Jesus, him saying, Hey, uh, the world's hated me first. It's going to hate you. Um, the world's going to come after you, but don't be discouraged. Take heart because I have overcome the yeah. world. And so finding purpose and meaning and people and in the future and eternity, right? Investing right. in things that are going to be here forever, not things that are going to come and go. Yeah. Um, when you transition out of verses five through nine, it's really encouraging because Paul's checking in on a church that overall is doing really well. He says, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, like, how are they doing? Wonder what's happening there. I got to check it out. I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been done in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you have always pleasant memories of us and that you long to see me just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all of our distress and our persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you were standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return of all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Paul is saying, thank God you're doing well. Thank God you're staying the course. Has it been perfect? Absolutely not. But they're staying the course, they're teaching the way of Jesus, and they're loving their community mm-hmm. as, as best as they can. And so... With this comes an, uh, an aspect of shepherding. Just like a shepherd needs to know the sheep and know the flock, so Paul is checking in on his people. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really change as that translates to 2023. Um, in kind of our cultural moment, we're called to be checking in on those around us. And yeah. so whether you are an ordained leader in the church, like an elder or a deacon, or you're in a small group, there are people that are under your influence and that look to you um, to grow in their knowledge of the word, to grow in their way of Jesus, and also just to be encouraged and figure out how to navigate this thing called life. You mm-hmm. probably have some influence or mentorship over somebody. And uh, it's important that we check up on folks. Like, yeah. hey, like, how are you? How can I pray for you? How's, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Where are you at? And so I want you to think through in your life, um, who is that today? And who could you check in on just to make sure they're doing well and following the way of the Lord? But Bobby, do you have any stories or kind of things that come to your mind when it comes to like, hey, having to check mm-hmm. in and make sure, hey, is the process still going? Yeah. Is the team still healthy? Well, I like what you were saying. First of all, I like what you were saying about, you know, how you need shepherds and, and folks to check in on other people. Because what ends up happening is actually Paul is the one that's blessed. So yes, check in and be a shepherd. And, and also realize and understand that sometimes there's going to be a moment, you know, for advice, correction, rebuke, forgiveness, repentance. But also this is actually a moment for blessing and encouragement. Verse seven says that we were encouraged about you because of your faith. And then verse eight, for now we really live, like Clark just said, since, since you are standing firm in the Lord. So this is Paul saying to those folks in Thessalonica, hey, your faith has encouraged me. Hey, me, your shepherd, Paul, I get to really live because of how you are standing firm in the presence of God. And so I think about that sometimes just, um, 
checking in or bumping into people at a manual and it's like, Hey, how are you? And there's been many times where I am just, I am blessed. Like, thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for telling me what you're learning. Thank you for texting me and doing the text loop. Thank you for being someone that is, is constantly like seeking to commune with the Lord and growing in your faith. And so I think there's that and that side of it too. That's actually like, wow, I am so blessed and encouraged like by checking in and and by just, you know, those little conversations. Um, When I think about other things just that popped up kind of in my life, I actually worked at a um, Christian camp for a while. I attended the camp for many years as a camper uh, back in the Midwest when I was in elementary school and then junior high school and then high school. Loved it. And then in high school, I was actually like a counselor, a camp dorm mom. And so there, you know, there's all kinds of fun, like breakout times. But then there were um, times in the morning that they would have their groups, their small groups. And then, you know, we'd give everybody supplies Mm. and it'd be like, hey, here's 10 sticks. Here's some string. Here's like whatever three other things that were in there, like gum, matches, you know. And you guys need to build um, a birdhouse. (laughs) <laughs> or something like, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll check back in on you. And so I'd circle around to like my eight groups or something, each having about 10 kids. And some people, it, it would be going well, like, Oh wow. I didn't think about that. Okay. That's really smart that you guys did this. And then other groups, it's like, we don't even know where to start. What kind of bird's going to fit in this. And, and so <laughs> it was just interesting to, as a camp counselor to kind of walk around and like, Oh my. And so I, I think about that just with, as you guys have blessed and sent off kids to dirt camp and, and these it's just important. And it's a, it's things that stick with you on these weekend trips or on these week trips. And so even me and being a counselor, just walking around, I'm like, Oh no. And so anyway, at the, the end, you know, there'd be a lesson about why we had them do what they needed to do and why it was so difficult. So I kind of thought about that. Um, but we talked about our garden. I also spent some times, um, overseas a little bit. And so there were times where literally, and it's actually very similar to Paul in the early church where we didn't have technology to communicate. There was maybe like one of those big old cell phones that, you know, you had to charge up and you could make one phone call, but really that was only for an emergency. And so just to go and check in on somebody and, Hey, how are you? What supplies do you need? You had to physically go and drive either your motorbike or your Jeep up kind of into the mountain, into the foothills. Drive the motorbike. Yeah. And then you had to just spend time and say, Mm. okay, you know, it's been seven days. We haven't seen you guys update us. What's going on? What supplies do you need? Are you guys okay? How can we pray? How can we support you? And that's just how business was done. That was in Haiti. And, uh, that was part of your weekly regiment where you're like, Hey, I'm just going to check in. You know, we haven't talked to you guys for a week. Haven't seen you. How can we encourage and bless? What do you need? Um, so yeah, that actually fits really well, but you talked about our garden too. We've talked about that on the podcast and that's kind of been a fun family yeah, we're addition. Tr- trying to figure out how to garden and mm-hmm. we have a greenhouse and a sub pod with a lot of worms. And, um, yeah, there are times like you might go away for a day or two or on vacation for a couple of weeks and calling to check in with the person who's house sitting for you, you know, like, Hey, are, are the animals alive? How, how's the plants? Is everything being yeah. watered? Cause it's sure getting hot now, that kind of thing. But just checking in on the health and vitality of plants and animals how much more important is it to check in on the health and vitality of people? And so so again, you got people in your life, check in on them, see how you're doing, how you can pray for them, uh, encourage them. But how Paul ends this chapter is he turns to prayer and it's a really powerful prayer. 
Uh, verse 10, it says, Night and day we pray most earnestly that we will see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. And again, Paul's laying before us this invitation to pray endlessly, pray without ceasing, pray all the time. And Paul's trying to figure out here, how can we pray that God might fill the gaps of our Christian walk and strengthen us? And so mm-hmm. we can think about that systematically, like, hey, do we actually need money or food or clothes to help the community out? Do we need Bibles? Do we need things? And or it might be something within your spirit. It might be yeah. something within like your very person that you need to, a gap that needs to be filled or an area that needs to be strengthened. Mm. And so we're praying for people. And, and that's one of the beautiful gifts of checking in. You can simply say, how can I pray for you? And right. then hopefully we pray for them on the spot, but then make a note of it and pray for them later on. Yeah. And, uh, and it's God who's the one who's allowing this to be possible. Verse 11, mm-hmm. it says, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. You see, God makes ways for communities to be strengthened and the gospel Mm -hmm. to be shared. And out of that love for God comes the second half of the greatest commandment, and that's love other people. Verse 12, it says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as our just does for you. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just a reminder that the source of all of this is our connection to God. Before the horizontal comes, the vertical has to Mm -hmm. be in place. And so just remembering, okay, I receive God's love every day. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I Mm -hmm. want my kids, my family, those around me to know, hey, you're part of God's family. You're loved. You have value. And I receive God's love and I love him back. And then it's after that, then you and I have something of substance that we can offer um, other people in the world. Um, And it kind of comes to the end, verse 13 here. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father, when our Lord Jesus comes back with all of his holy ones. And there he uh, is talking about being holy and blameless for the second coming. Again, that's partnering with the work of the Spirit. What God began, he's going to finish, but it does require you and I to put a, put some effort into this thing. Like we do any other relationship, yeah. got to grow, got to spend time with the Lord. And the idea is that like God's holy, his holiness trans- transfers to us as you spend time with him. Mm-hmm. And it's not our doing, it's, it's just his own goodness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is practice for the world to come because our time on earth is going to be here and gone in the blink of an eye, right. but we're going to be with him forever and it's going to be awesome. So before we wrap up shop, Bob, mm. any closing thoughts, comments, jokes, secrets, stories, um, recipes? You know, I'm going to pause because I could have something stored away. Kirby told me a really funny joke yesterday. It's not the time. Not the time. All right. Hey, y'all stay tuned. I know you're probably (laughs) sitting on the edge of your seat right now going, I wonder what that joke was. Stay tuned. (laughs) We're we're going to drop it in the next couple episodes and you're going (laughs) to love it. All right. Hey, God bless y'all. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.